Hello and welcome to Personally Invested. I'm your host, Dave Richardson. Today, we have a great discussion with Melanie Adams, who is the VP and Head of Corporate Governance and Responsible Investing at RBC Global Asset Management. So many investors ask questions about ESG, Environment, Social, and Governance, and how these factors affect investment managers' decisions around investing in companies all around the world. Investment managers, institutional investors, and now retail investors are starting to embrace the idea that you no longer have to sacrifice returns by evaluating companies based on how they perform against the environment, how they treat their employees well, how they keep just good accounting records. These are all factors in driving the success of companies and ultimately then how well that company is going to perform and how you build portfolios as an investor. I think you'll really enjoy the conversation with Melanie. She is a passionate advocate for these issues and she's really bringing ESG to the forefront of the Canadian investment industry. All right, I'm here with uh, Melanie, Elaine, Sarah, Gertruda Adams. That's your, your, so your middle name itself has the initials ESG. Oh, I see. I see where you're going with that. Um, not quite my middle name, but... Um, Would you reveal your middle name? Esgerelda? <laughs> Absolutely. It's Jane. Jane. Okay. Yep. There we go. Yep. So, uh, but uh, obviously as, uh, as, as we introduced her, uh, Melanie uh, leads our program around uh, ESG uh, at RBC Global Asset Management. And uh, we're going to get into that. But I think uh, what, we, what we like to do uh, on this podcast... Uh, is get to know the people that are uh, are behind some of these uh, huge endeavors at Canada's largest investment manager. So, what, where, where did, uh, where are you from, and where, how did you start your journey into the investment management business? Sure. First of all, thanks very much for having me here. I'm very happy to be here. Um, I did not start. Um, in you know asset management or in even the finance world initially i am a lawyer by background my undergrad degree is in uh, science oh. uh, minored in economics so maybe there's a little bit of uh, uh, a connection there and uh, and but when i started practicing law i i started working at the ontario securities commission as enforcement counsel okay. and then i became very involved in um secure, the securities industry obviously and i worked there at the at the securities commission for a while i did a secondment to the criminal courts as a crown prosecutor and then i uh, eventually made my way over to another financial institution where I did uh, fr- yeah, fraud was my specialty. I okay. did litigation for that bank. And uh, and then an opportunity arose here at RBC GAM when RBC GAM was thinking about responsible investment. And I came over here to RBC GAM. I've been here for almost six years now and uh, have spent some time in various areas around GAM uh, in the operations area, looking at risk and audit work, as well as doing strategy work, and as well as ESG over the years. So it's been uh, it's been a really exciting journey. And so, so they what what do you think is the, the the big difference you see between the legal world that you were in and the enforcement world versus coming inside to an asset manager, and just the experience you have in terms of the culture of the organizations, the way they operate. So the, there's a lot of similarities. 
incoming from the legal world into the asset management world. As you, of course, know, we have a lot of regulation and, uh, and policy that we're subjected yes. to, and it's the same in ESG. There have been a tremendous amount of policy developments on a global front in ESG. We've seen a lot in Canada as well. Earlier this summer, the Canadian Securities Administrators came out with a national instrument stating that climate change it may be a material risk that needs to be included in a company's disclosures. And so that's been really interesting. And so there's, it's, it's been on a number of fronts. We've seen um, movement on diversity initiatives globally. In the, in the U.S., there's been some movement on proxy voting on the, in that policy space. So, um, so there's been certainly a lot of overlap, some things that are quite different from, um, from of course, being in the legal world. We're not as argumentative sure. <laughs> here. <laughs> we, try to, uh, yes. we try to get along try more get than, along. Uh, than, Collaboration. We to, yeah, yes. than we try to oppose each other. And, uh, but I, I think, you know, I really, RBC GAM has a great culture. We're a really friendly group of people and it's a great place to work. Okay. And we'll, we may come back and, and do an evaluation of, uh, of RBC Global Asset Management right. on, a, on an ESG, from an ESG perspective. But well, it's just sticking with you and, 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 and how you got here and got to this place, because I, I think it's really important that people understand uh, your role and your background and how you got here. Uh, because I, I really believe that you've got to have a passion around this issue to really drive it home inside of a large organization. So, so what really created your interest, and would you describe yourself as a passionate person uh, around these ESG factors and driving this responsible investment movement, uh, or is this, uh, is this just a job? Well, I'm very, um, I am very passionate about it. I think that it's critical that we be aware of the ESG factors and what's happening in climate change, for example. We know this is one of the most pressing issues right now that's happening, and we all own a piece of that. And um, and so I think you have to be in this space. It's a mindset. You really can't do ESG just as a job. It, you need to be really committed to the space. You know, I, I believe that when we think about ESG factors, we really can I- enhance the long-term profitability of our funds or um, returns of our funds. Absolutely. So, um, so, you know, this is something that I, I do truly believe, and I don't think you can, you can be in this space and, and only do it part way. Now, did this start when you were younger, or is this an awareness that's built up over time? Is this something you've always been, been interested in? I have been. Actually, when I was uh, young, I remember sponsoring an acre of rainforest. I had a lemonade stand and raised money, and that's what I, I used it for. I think it was quite discouraging, though, when I found out you're only sponsoring it for a year, and then you've got to do it all again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But I had a club with one of my friends, and that's what we uh, we did. So a, a young Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Maybe not at that I, level. I wouldn't say I ever had her platform. But you, but you, but you had uh, you had the desire to do it. So let, let's let's get into to, to ESG itself. Yeah. Uh, we, we've we've thrown out the acronym now. So why don't you explain from from your perspective uh, what ESG stands for? Uh, give the actual uh, uh, outlay of the of the three letters and and then and then what you think it means to uh, to 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 our clients. Uh, from an investment perspective. Absolutely. So in terms of ESG, the E is environmental. When we think about that, we think about climate change risks and opportunities, biodiversity, water usage. When we think about the S, that stands for social. The types of things that we're thinking about under the social category include cybersecurity risk, supply chain risk, workplace health and safety. 
And then finally, the G, which is is last in the acronym, but in you know it's arguably the most important is governance. So when we look, think about governance, we're thinking about what is the what's the composition of the board? What is the structure of the board? Is there good board diversity? Are there good policies in place to oversee the E and the S risks? And how is a company managing that? And so that's the ESG acronym. But when we think about responsible investment generally, responsible investment is a broad term. And there's okay. a number of different approaches under responsible investment. And this is where there gets to be a little bit of a confusion. There's so many acronyms, there's so many definitions in this industry. But I think a very easy way to sort of break it down and understand what it is, is to think of it in three main buckets under responsible investment. The first one is ESG integration. Okay. And what we're doing when we think about ESG integration is we're looking at these ESG factors as they relate to an investee company. What, what is that company doing? How are they managing these risks and opportunities? And we look at how that's, whether that's been priced into the share price or not. Okay. And then we make an investment decision based on that. But we're not saying I will not invest in an entire sector or you know, in, in a region or something like that based on those on, um, on a wholesale screen. This is just a case by case looking at the factors as they pertain to each company. Okay. And the second area is socially responsible investing. This is called SRI. SRI, yes. That's right. And we have a line of vision funds that are SRI funds. And what these do is they apply a screen that screens out sectors based on our values. And so if a, if a client decides that they don't want to invest, for example, we have a fossil fuel free fund, they don't want to invest in that. And that's fine. We have that available for them. If, uh, if an investor decides they don't like tobacco pornography, gambling, alcohol. There's a list of, um, of different, uh, of different uh, screens that we apply for our vision funds. And, and that's becoming a, uh, a much more common way uh, that uh, North American investors think about investing, that they, they do want to at times apply their values. Uh, perhaps uh, an example would be in the U.S., uh, not owning a, 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 an investment fund that has uh, gun manufacturers in it. Yes. And so, okay. Absolutely, absolutely. So we are seeing uh, investors decide, and, and we call that investing in line with your values, as opposed to values-based uh, investing, where we look at, we're looking at the value of a company, the valuation. That's more of the ESG integration. Absolutely. And then the final third sort of main bucket I would I would put under the larger umbrella of responsible investment is impact investing. And this is when we are looking and measuring the social and environmental impact of our investment. So it's very important that there is an output that we're able to actually measure that. Okay, so, so how is this then integrated into the investment process and the decision that investment managers are making around investments? So is it, is it a case where one of the investment managers is thinking of buying a particular company's stock and they run into your office and they say, Melanie, is this one okay? Uh, am I good to go on that? And you've got a list and you say no. Or, or is it or is it a little bit more complex than that or, or more layered? A little bit more layered and, yeah. um, and, and, and different for each team. So all of our investment teams at GAM have their own investment process and okay. they make their own decisions around this and they integrate ESG in a way that complements their process. I'll give you a couple of examples of what I mean by that. Perfect. Our, um, our emerging markets team okay. has supply chain risk as a very big factor that they need to look at. And so this team doesn't only just visit their holding companies, but they actually go out to the suppliers that supply their holding companies. Yeah. 
to assess what the what the risks look like on the ground there. Um, our Asian equity team has um, aggressive accounting as a very important factor that they need to consider. Sure. And so it's really important to them when they engage with companies that they have that trust with the company that the accounting is is where it should be with the company. And then of course in Asia we've you know board diversity is a little bit lagging or right behind corporate best practices globally. You know, we have different challenges with small and mid-cap companies in the U.S. where the ESG data just isn't available yet. So each team has their own own way of doing things. So they don't they don't have to run any of their decisions by my team or myself, the corporate governance responsible investment team. But we support them. So if they're interested in digging into, you know, for example, wastewater management, then they need some some help assessing what what the company's disclosures are in this area. We'll, we'll help them with that. And, and so you, you, you indicated that Asia is lagging a little bit behind in some factors. Uh, what, where would you see the, the region of the world where, where there's real leadership in that? Is it in North America or is it still Europe? It is Europe, absolutely. And even within Europe, we're seeing France is really leading on the regulatory front in this area. Okay. And then, and then North America would follow in and Asia would be behind a little bit? Probably, although Asia is getting, and particularly Japan, okay. is getting more and more involved in this space. So that's been very interesting to see. Uh, two weeks ago, I was in Paris for the United Nations Principle of Responsible Investment yes. as annual conference. That was in Paris, and and that was you know a very interesting place. Seventeen hundred people were there. It was a real, um, real great opportunity for everybody to come together. Next year, it will be in Tokyo, okay. and so that's fantastic. It'll be, uh, it'll be in Asia and, and local representatives can come down there and come together to talk about all these issues. So, so this is something that is just being embraced all over the world be- yes. because in a lot of ways it makes sense. Yeah. Now, now, have you found it a challenge or what, do you, what, what have been the challenges to get individual investment managers who are obviously focused on delivering results and returns for their, their investment clients? What's been the challenge of getting them to embrace ESG to the extent you'd like them to, or, or has it been a challenge? Yes, absolutely. It is a challenge for some people. Some people immediately, some of our investment teams immediately understand that there's a real opportunity here. But I think education is very helpful. We know that in the mid-1970s, studies have shown a company's value was you know, only 15% based on non-financial factors. So these are ESG factors. Um, but the world's changed now. We've got social media. We have the, you know, the immediate dissemination of information if, if a customer is not happy. We have the internet. We have cybersecurity. And now the value of a company is over 80% based on non-financial factors, including ESG factors. And so you know, it's, it's, it makes a lot of sense for portfolio managers to be considering this. Yeah, and, and I was reading some of the materials that uh, that, that uh, RBC Global Asset Management has put out relating to our ESG approach, uh, and, and, it, and it even goes so far as to show that uh, e- even the mindset of investors, particularly institutional investors, has moved to this idea uh, that that companies that do a better job along these lines do deliver better investment returns. So in other words, this isn't a sacrifice that you're making as an investor. This is actually a way to perhaps even enhance your returns and more importantly, manage risk. Absolutely. We put out a paper in the spring that was a summary of all the studies in this space. It, you know, does SRI hurt returns? And the conclusion is no, it does not hurt returns. It's harder to prove that it can enhance 
returns. This is where you're sort of proving the counterfactual. If I hadn't have invested this way, I would have made this decision. And so it's a little bit more challenging to prove that, but intuitively it makes sense. We know that companies that manage their ENS risks better, do better financially. We do know that. So it makes sense if we're invested in these companies, our portfolios would, would, would also do better. So, yeah, and, and, and just a, a you know, very, very well-known example of that, say something like Volkswagen. Yes. Right, where if you're putting the proper screens uh, or you're, you're, you're evaluating that company, uh, you're hopefully going to identify the risks that are there and perhaps underweight or avoid entirely something that ends up being a, uh, you know, a very, a, a very uh, bad reputational issue for the company and obviously hurts the performance of the stock and the, and the company going forward. Yes. Now, Volkswagen is an interesting case because uh, there was, you know, deliberate hiding potentially of, of some of the, the conduct. And, you know, as investors, we can't know everything about a company. We can do the sure. best we can with the information that the company discloses, but it's, it's not possible to always predict, you know, what, yeah. what's going on at a company. But we, we can do the best. We, we can try our best. Yeah. So this, this is not going to catch fraud. Yeah. But it's, it's going to put a process in place that is more likely to ask the right questions to at least uh, give the opportunity to identify those additional risks. Yes. And ask a company, you know, how are you managing these things? What are your policies and procedures in place to address situations as they arrive, as they arise? So, so if, if, you're, if you're looking at RBC Global Asset Management right now, Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and I, I would say that uh, you, you'd suggest we've we've done a very good job of embracing ESG and, and building it across all of the different mandates uh, that are available to investors. W- what do you think are some of the next steps that we need to, to take to, to, to be the real leader in this space? Well, I think that we have to continually challenge ourselves on what we're doing and what our processes are. You know, all our teams integrate ESG, but there's a spectrum. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that there are geographical uh, regional and asset class differences in how the various investment teams are integrating ESG. And we just have to keep looking at different tools, different technology, different research, and see if that there are areas that we can we can push our processes even further. Because it really is a mindset. The teams have to be believing in ESG integration and doing everything they can to keep pushing the needle forward in the space. Yeah, and and uh, again, I know uh, I, I know you, and just from just from this discussion, I can feel the passion for <laughs> uh, for 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 the for the issue and and for for driving ESG into the processes at uh, at your firm. So uh, it, it it's uh, it, it's something that I, I think a lot of investors are are starting to become more conscious of. Certainly, institutional investors are. Uh, but your retail investor is really starting to become more aware of this and the positive that it can bring not only to the world but to their their, their portfolio as well. It's, 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 it's not that trade-off that you think you have to make. Uh, you can invest in the right things and get a good return. Absolutely. And we're seeing um, as retail customers become more and more interested in this space, we're really seeing it with women and millennials, which is a really interesting um, interesting dynamic. And, and and yeah, and, and we I, I know that uh, I know that our our, our teams that are out uh, talking to clients on a regular basis, uh, we're we're doing a lot of events uh, with women and younger people uh, because there are some differences in the way uh, that these groups view investing, 
and uh, it's been a uh, it's been a very very successful program. We're really uh, we're really proud of it, and uh, it lines up with uh, with all the work that you and your team are doing. So it's uh, I, I I think we're 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 fifty percent of the way through on this, or or where 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 would you say we are on our on our journey? Well, I think the journey is going to be, it's going to be going on for years because as, as these issues evolve, we've seen climate change come to the forefront in the last couple of years as a massive issue that we all need to address. Um, so I think we've got uh, quite a ways, you know, globally and in industry to go. But, um, but I, think we're, I think we're making some very, very good headway. I think right now, one of the most important things is education because there are different terms and there are, are acronyms and it can be a little bit confusing. And so education is really key so that everybody understands you know, what's available in the space and what, what, you know, what we mean when we talk about some of these things. Sure. And, and, and to, the, uh, to the podcast link, we'll attach all of the, uh, the information uh, that Melanie and her team have all the research and surveys that they've done around this issue. Uh, so if you are interested in digging deeper, uh, you can take a look at that material. Uh, I'd love to get you back on uh, in the not-too-distant future to talk about uh, climate change specifically and some of the, we, we were just talking before we, we started taping, uh, and so there's some, uh, some things evolving around climate change and the way climate change is integrated into this process. Uh, so maybe do a deep dive on that uh, over the next few months if, you, if you'd be open to it. Absolutely. That sounds great. Okay. Melly, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Personally Invested. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, please email us at rbcgampodcasts at rbc.com.